So about six months ago or so, we started meeting with Pastor Justin and Jennifer because this new song continues to grow and develop and God is moving and working here, which we're so excited about. We really needed to revamp the elder program. And so we started meeting about how to do that and, and what to do. And so it was in one of those meetings where God had started putting this message on my heart about family. And I shared a little bit with him about that. And he looked at me and he goes, well, you're going to share that for the platform. Note to self, be careful what I say to Justin. So uh, that's what I'm doing here. That's what I got here. But, uh, but I, I love, love what God's doing. So that's what I'm here. So let's jump in and let's jump in with prayer. Father, this morning, we thank you that we have a place to come to, that we can freely come and worship you, that we don't have to be concerned about who's watching us, that they may take and come through the door like other countries, that we have a freedom, that we have a freedom in Christ and we have a freedom here. And Father, I pray that this morning, every heart would give a freedom to the Holy Spirit to speak, to speak to our hearts this morning, Father, in what you want us to do, what you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to do something with me. I didn't do this in the first two services. I want you to take a deep breath, and I want you to exhale all of your week. I want you to exhale all of the things that are occupying you. Take a deep breath. Say, Father, I breathe you in. Speak to me. Okay. So today, we've got some props up here. We've got... We're going to talk about Luke chapter 8, the parable of the seeds. So we've got some weeds, some, some grasses. We've got some rocks here. I've got a little path over here. And in all of the scripture, it talks about the seeds. Well, the seed is the word of God. So the word of God, that's the seeds in all of these. So how is the word of God being taken and, and uh, being done into our lives? So specifically, as we talk about that, we want to talk about family today. Now, I don't know that there's any other word in the English language that can take and create such a myriad of emotions within us as family. For some of us, oh, family, you go, oh, I love my family. And others of you, quite honestly, say, I hate my family. My family is hurtful. My family is painful, and memories I have of family are not good. So family is just a whole myriad of emotions, but we're here to talk about family today. And in your notes, that first blank, okay, every family has stuff. Isn't that the truth? Every family has stuff. You know, we are all imperfect human beings paired up with other imperfect beings. And so we all have stuff. One of the things is the elders, for a lack of a better description, we called it a job description for the elders that we're putting together. And in there, it says this, they must demonstrate the ability to love people while knowing their dirty laundry. 
And I love that because I don't know about you all, but I got some dirty laundry that I'd really rather not have somebody know about. We all have dirty laundry. So let's jump in. Verse 5, Luke chapter 8. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. So here's my footpath. The problem with a footpath is it gets really, really hard. But that's some of our hearts. And it gets really hard because it gets walked on. If you wonder how hard dirt can get in the fall when the farmers are taking and harvesting and on the ends, they've got all their trucks and tractors and combines and wagons and stuff, and they're going back and forth. Boy, that ground can get really hard. And it gets so hard packed that that seed can't get down in there to get the nutrients, to get, to get the, the water, everything that needs to grow. So today, I'm going to be really transparent. In, in our business, I was in sales. I love sales. I love the challenge of sales. Loved everything about it, except losing a deal. Didn't like that. And I would have a saying, throw all my cards on the table. So this morning, I'm throwing all my cards on the table. I'm pulling back. I'm going to be transparent. And the first thing I want to be transparent about is I'm emotional. Okay? I'm the emotional one in our family. That's the way God created me. If you want the steady rock in our family, that would be my wife. Okay? She's the rock. If mama melts, Houston, we got a problem. Okay? I mean, everybody knows that mama don't cry until they're, it's, it's bad. We raised three daughters. If I cried, they were like, dad's crying again. What's the problem? So what? Move on. Okay? I am an emotional person. But you know what? I am just like Jesus because Jesus wept. Okay, so if we're supposed to be like Jesus, I got that one down. Okay, I'd make a good weeping prophet. Okay, so I am emotional. Here's my question. As an emotional person in school, what do you think I went through? Did I get walked on? Did I get picked on? Today they call it bullying. What do you suppose that did in my life? Made me hard. It took and it put some rocks in my life. Trust. Anger. It's probably way too small of a one for anger. I'm glad my girls are not here. They were in the last service and they laughed. Unforgiveness. Wall of protection. Sometimes it made you just a pebble. Would you ever have a pebble in your shoe? Doesn't feel very good very long, does it? Relationships. When Meyer and I first started dating... And shortly into our married life, she was amazed how fast I could flush a relationship. 
I'm not saying it was healthy. I'm just being transparent. It's where I was. I told you I'd be real. You hurt me. I got no use for you. I'm flushing you. And that's where I was. And God had to take and do some work in my life and brought some people into my life that I had no clue how starved for the relationship I was with them. And he began to do a work within me regarding relationships. And I'm grateful to this day that God took and worked on that hard ground and worked on my life in that. So that next blank, where there is no relationship, there is no impact. Pastor Pat, God used him to speak that into my life. Oh my goodness, he would say that so much. And it finally sank in. I had a phone call this week from my brother that I didn't used to have a relationship with. But that saying turned it around. And let me tell you, I was so glad I've got a relationship with my brother and what he's walking through right now. I'm just praying that God uses that. God can use me to help my brother through a very difficult time in his life. Verse 6. You have to pardon my voice today. This is not my normal voice if you don't know me. If you do know me, this is not normal. I have had this for two and a half weeks and I sought the Lord more than three times to remove this and he said, nope, you're going with it. Uh, Verse six, other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon withered and died for lack of moisture. Now we live over between Milford and Leesburg and we live where a glacier emptied out. And you want to talk about rocks. Oh my goodness. I can tell you all kinds of stories about rocks. There are no two rocks the same. There's, yeah, there's just a lot about rocks. So I can tell you all kinds of things about rocks. I can tell you all kinds of things about rocks in my life. But all of those rocks in that field, they come through with a rock picker to get them out of there, to help that soil be better. So some of us grew up with rocks. Some of us were born into homes. There were a whole lot of rocks. Life was hard. Or some, maybe some of us are trying to grow our life in Christ in a place where it's really rocky. It's really hard. Maybe some of us walk into a job and boy, all they do They do this to you all day long. And you come home beat down. Like, Lord, I just don't want to go another day. Maybe you need to switch jobs. What is the soil like? How many rocks are you trying to grow yourself up in? So let me tell you a little something else about me. When I was eight years old, my parents told me they were getting a divorce. When I was 15, they got it done. Okay. I've had to make decisions no child should ever have to make. I had my first job when I was 13. Okay. 
There were a lot of rocks put in my life. Selfishness. Didn't make the basket, did I? Hatred. Unforgiveness. Drama. Oh, yeah. I've had more drama in my life than anybody should be allowed. But what? What's in your life? That next phrase, that next blank, I cannot choose what happens to me, but I can choose how I respond to it. I may not have been born into a home that was real good, but I don't have to stay there. I don't have to stay there. I may be in a bad, toxic place. Whatever that, may, that place may be, but I don't have to stay there. And I know when I talk of divorce, there's probably a, hardly a family in here that somehow hasn't been touched by divorce. Okay, and I know that's a, a cruel word. And I don't mean to cause and bring up anything in your life. This is my story. Okay, it's my story. I've lived it. I just want you to hear me. I know the pain. I know what it's like. And it ain't no fun. You want to push me on the edge of self-control? Just come up to me and say, well, we're getting a divorce and the kids are resilient. They'll be fine. Ha! I have seen grown adults go to pieces because their parents got a divorce. Kids are not resilient. It sets things into lives for the rest of your life that you're dealing with. I want you to hear Ephesians 3, 20 through 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And I love that. I mean, I have prayed with people. I've, had, I've heard it. I've had it prayed over. God is able to, and he is. His power is just beyond what we can fathom. And yet we forget what the next thing says. It goes on to say, according to the power that works in us. Holy Spirit, come work within me so that I can see you do exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ask or think. Holy Spirit, come in me. That's where it's got to begin. So that I can see you do a miraculous work. So we go on, verse 7. Let's read verse 7. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Well, it's wintertime. I can't find thorns, so the grass has got to do. So the grass is the thorns. And these are things that we come along and and it just, life happens, doesn't it? Life happens. And we take, and what's planted in our life 
What is there that's been planted in life? Maybe we're planting something into our life. Maybe we're like, you know, I got a, I got a couple of really unusual rocks in here. As I said, our family's got all kinds of stories. I used to joke about nobody could date my daughter until they picked up 10 loads of stone off of our property. So I could tell you a lot about rocks, but you know, maybe, maybe I like my rock. It's different. It sparkles. This one sparkles. This has got really weird. Maybe I like my rocks. But what is it that's growing in your life? I had to admit that, that there were things growing in my life. I've done joint counseling with my daughters because I wanted a good relationship. I was willing to do the hard work and the change that it took to have those relationships are you. Is it fun? No. Is it rewarding? Absolutely. So I've done that. As you can imagine, I've had all kinds of things and issues with my parents. I'm not happy about this. I'm just saying where I was. My daughters heard me say I didn't care what happened to my father. I didn't care whether he lived or died. Because that's where I was at one point. So I'm just being honest, being transparent. I didn't care. Because all the hurt and all the pain that both my parents put in my life. Last February 10th, we said goodbye to my father who died of dementia. And if you have somebody in your family with dementia, my heart bleeds for you. Because it's a mean, cruel road. Oh, is it? I can think of so many times. So cruel. If you're walking that road, I'd love the opportunity. Meyer and I would love the opportunity to sit down and just hear your story. Just let you talk to somebody who's been there and done that. Let me tell you the good things. Let me tell you what God did through that four or five years that we walked that journey with my dad. Because God did a work in me. Was it fun? No. Was it hard? Yes. Did I change? Yes. But the night before my father passed into the arms of Jesus... I held his hand with every ounce of love in the fiber of my being. I looked at him and I said, I love you, daddy. And I meant it with everything I had. I don't ever remember calling my father daddy before that moment. Because God had done a work in me. And I am so grateful for that work. So what are the things growing in your life? Maybe it's a lack of priorities. Boy, they don't want to stay in there. (laughs) Haven't had that happen today yet. Okay, lack of priorities. There we go. That one's stuck. Maybe it's work. Maybe you're saying, I'm not changing. I am who I am. You can like it or lump it. 
you know. <laughs> For me, it probably ought to be bigger. Probably, that's probably more, that's probably better. You know. Maybe it's this. Maybe this is a weed in your life. Okay? I know y'all are just waiting for me to see if I'm going to drop it in there and drop a stone on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aren't you glad it's not like Stephanie's? I know some of you have PTSD from hers. No, it's empty. It doesn't have any water in it this, this time. You're not going to get sprayed with water. No, I'm not dropping my cell phone in there to, to drop a rock on it. It's too expensive. But the next one is, what is choking out the Word of God in my life? What is choking out the Word of God in my life? life. What are the weeds that need to come out? What are the weeds? So I've been really heavy up to this point, so let's shift the gear. I'm ready to shift the gear because I got enough tears. Okay, so let's read verse 8. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. The seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. Now, the parable of the sower is shared three times in the Gospels. It's also in Matthew and Mark. And I really like Matthew and Mark in this verse because they say 30, 60, or 100. And I like that because I don't know about y'all, but I'm a, I'm a work in progress. And there was a time in my life where I just hoped that the seed, the word of God would produce two times. Just double. Can you just double it? You know, I'm not at 100%, but I press on towards the goal of the prize in Christ Jesus. I press on towards that, that God help me to work that direction. So you heard about me. Let me tell you about my wife, Myra, because she's the saint among us. Let me tell you. She comes from this long lineage. Thank God for the lineage that she has. We have centuries generations, we have no idea how far back that their family has served God and loved God and just raised godly families. And I love that. And that is our prayer for our family going forward. That's what we want our family to be. And so she comes from this wonderful heritage so when we first started dating and, and were married, she just was amazed at some of the things that I shared with her. She's like, that's not what family does. I'm like, yeah, well, you, ain't my, you have not met my dysfunction yet. So just absolutely amazed. She's like, that's not what family does. One of our favorite sayings right now is, that's what family is for. My stepmom she has a need. We come running. I'm sorry to bother you. That's what family is for. One of our kids had a, drugged, uh, had a, a plugged line, sewer line in their house, cast iron. They cleaned it, put a hole in it. You want to live with us for a little bit till they get it fixed? That's what family is for. That's one of the, 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 the funnest things we do. One of the most fulfilling, rewarding things. And, and we don't come to our kids' rescue. But when there's a need, that's what family is for. One of the greatest blessings that we have, our home is the home where everybody congregates. And we'll have these weekend-long family gatherings where everybody comes to our house. And 
those from out of town will stay at our house and, and stuff. But we'll have family church on Sunday morning. And, and there we take and, and we go around and we go, hey, pick a, pick a worship song. And we get it up. We find it on YouTube and we play it. We sing it together. And, and what's one that you want? And what's one that you want? And then we listen to the word of God and we pray together as a family. And it's just so, do you think I had any clue? Did you think I even had it? When he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, I never even asked that. And yet God did it. But it took hard work. It took change. It, I, I referenced some verses, some, some areas there. Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 11, Exodus 24 through 6. Talks about the blessing of the generations. Talks about the value of your home and to your children. And to what happens as you continue to take and, and produce that good fruit of Christ in your life. When I came to Christ, I relied on 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Hallelujah, I needed that. Because I had a whole bunch of old junk that I didn't want and I didn't need. And I relied on that. Oh, that was my stake. When the devil would try to remind me of where I came from, No. I gave my life to Christ. I am a new creature. So, th the, the next blanks there on your notes. Through Christ, I can become the person he has called me to be. Every saint has a past. Every saint has a past. We've all got a glorious future. We'll just let him work in our lives. So as I opened up, I talked about my family. We probably sounded pretty good. Here's a couple. We've been attending New Song now for about four and a half years, something or like that. Love this church. Um, all of our kids and husbands are serving the Lord. Our grandkids are being raised and in, uh, in, in a Christian home and knowing the Lord. And we get privileged when we're there to do devotions with them and stuff. And so, all of those are wonderful things. I just want to, if you grew up in one of those homes, like I was talking about that Myra grew up in, I just want to caution you, don't take it for granted. When I was in sales, we had a phrase, and it was called low-hanging fruit. If you don't know what that means, in sales, it's just like, okay, what are the deals that we can go out and we can quickly get and close and get some quick business. Okay, that's the low-hanging fruit. So my question is, is your family low-hanging fruit that Satan can come along and pick you? Is your family low-hanging fruit? Or are you doing family devotions? Are you praying with your spouse? Are you doing devotions with your spouse? Are you taking and doing all of those things? that take and help protect your family so that Satan can't take. He is looking around for whom he can devour. And the goal is to keep putting all those things in that it's harder and harder and harder for him to get to you. And he just goes, you know what? I'm going down the street. There's some low-hanging fruit down the street. 
and I'm going after that. So protect your family, okay? Myra and I made a decision when we got married, as I'm sure many of you probably made, that divorce was not an option, okay? But we didn't stop there. We said our marriage, we will not settle for mediocrity. We will not settle for just so-so in our marriage. Our marriage will always be as hot, vibrant, life-giving as it can be. It takes hard work. It takes change. And let me tell you, that woman is my heartbeat. And I know God would walk me through if something happened to her, if he said, I'm calling her home. Who else is going to share this? Some very good friends of ours. One day younger than Myra. She went home to be with Jesus on Thursday. I think that doesn't, that doesn't hit home. And they had a wonderful marriage. It takes hard work. It takes change. Many years ago, took and had a family member, an extended family member that took and went through a a, a divorce, biblical grounds. This person is a saint in my eyes. How they handled it, how they walk with the Lord, it's just amazing to me. They're a hero for me. And they came, they moved back home. And of course, coming from a divorced home, my, my heart bleeds for these kids. And I was talking to one of the, the, the people that I have in my life that helps keep me on track. And they said, can I give you one bit of advice? I said, absolutely. You can say anything to me you want to say. Dr. Bill, I've known Dr. Bill for over 20 years. And, and he has a saying. You can say anything to anybody at any time as long as you do two things. Ask their permission and say it in love. Don't ask me why I said that because I didn't say it the first two. Anyway, so they asked my permission. I said, sure, fire away. Ask your daughter's permission because the last thing you want to do is say, well, dad, I wanted to spend some time with you even though two of them were grown and one of them was grown and living at home almost grown, didn't want to send any root of bitterness. I thought, that's good advice. So I did. I went to them. I asked their permission. All three of them were like, absolutely, Dad, go for it. But one of them said something to me. Said, Dad, I can't even conceive that you and Mom would get a divorce. I can't even conceive it. You have my blessing. She had no idea what she said to me. Because in one generation, that curse was broken. Christ had broken that curse of divorce in our life and had set an example to our daughters that it wasn't even an option. Thank God we did the hard work. We did the change needed that kept our marriage vibrant and alive, an example to our daughters. 
we're just so grateful that we did the hard work and the change. God's word is so true if we'll just let it work in our lives. I had an uncle that looked like this. He wasn't born that way. He looked that way because of a rated alarm saw. Took one day and went, peeled those three fingers right off. Now, do you think that he took and he said, honey, you got some butterfly closures? You got some gauze? Maybe a little ointment and some tape? I kind of had a little accident. No. They rushed to the ER. They found a professional. They took and they got it sewed up. And he was okay. He healed up in time. He healed up so much that in his later days in life, he built birdhouses with no eyesight, running a table saw. I'm like, that's a little more, that's a little extreme for me. That's a little much, but that's just where he was. But how many of us, we get our hearts cut and we go, nope, I'm flushing you. Nobody's going to know about this. I can handle this myself. Meanwhile, we X out a whole body of Christ who's meant to come alongside us and to help us with those things. The hand cannot say to the foot, I have no use for you. We need the body of Christ. Have some good friends that just, they're dear friends, and one of them took and lost a brother, had a wood shop on her property, and dear friends were just clueless what to do with this thing. And the Lord said, you go and you help them. I love woodworking. I, I love working with my hands. Got all kinds of tools in the garage. A wood shop. I, I love doing all that stuff. And the Lord said, go, help them. And I learned something that day. Because what was second nature for me, I'd pick up, a, one of them would pick up a router bit and go, what is this? I'm like, you don't know what a wood router bit is? Wait a minute. I mean, okay. And a router and a specific type of saw, and all kinds of different tools. They were clueless. But let me tell you, they pray with us, they counsel us, and one of those gals can read me like a book. And I am so grateful for that. And she's taken and stood at me. She said, Joe, what you're doing is not healthy. She's held my feet to the fire, and I am grateful for that that she has that ability. God has given her that ability. And how many of us aren't taking and utilizing the people that God has put in our lives? Our staff. Got Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill, love that guy dearly. He's been a good friend for well over 20 years. We used to teach Sunday schools together, Sunday school class at another church. Um, and he's just, he's, he's a great resource that we are very, very fortunate to have. So seeing him, 
being open to doing the hard work, the change in our life that produces results. I don't know about y'all, but I come to church to learn about Jesus so he can work in my life and bring change so that I could be more like Jesus. But yet sometimes we just go, nope, nope, got too close on my toes on that one. Not listening. I'm not listening. We hear that next blanks. We hear PJ say this. My response is my responsibility. It is my responsibility how I respond. 2 Corinthians 1.4. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. I read that scripture verse to say this. As head elder, Pastor Justin has given Myra and I the blessing to use Dr. Bill's office. If you've walked that road of divorce, product of divorce, you got a family member with dementia, I'd love to hear your story. You got something else that you think maybe we can connect over? You know, sometimes there's just nothing like talking to somebody who's been there, done that. Maybe you were picked on in school and you know what it's like for those people to do that to you. Whatever it may be, we are here to be a service to God. That's what God is calling Meyer and I to in this chapter of our lives. And we just want to be here and we just want to be an open vessel to be used for him and to minister to the people we love in our church. And that's all of you. It is such a privilege to stand before you this morning and to share the word of God. I don't take this lightly. I thank Pastor Justin. I really do. For allowing me the opportunity to share my heart, to share my story. Just a small part of my story. So that last blank is something for you to take and answer. How can I enrich the soil? What rock today needs to come out of your life that by the power that worketh within us he will do exceedingly and abundantly. What rock is it that needs to come out today? On your notes, you've got a sticky note. Now, I know it doesn't look like it, but use your imagination for a minute. That is a rock. Doesn't it look like a rock? It's a rock, folks. And as they take and they sing this song, I want you just in your quietness of your own heart to say, Lord, what's the rock? Lord, I've been hard too long. Lord, I've been trying to grow along. I got a whole bunch of rocks in my life. Lord, I've got some weeds I've let grow in my life. 
today. You're saying today, Lord, with your help, driving a stake in the ground, I'm going to do what I need to do. Whatever that is, if coming here to the church doesn't work for you to meet with Meyer and I, our information's on the bottom of here. You text us, you call us, you email us, we'll meet you wherever. Okay, we're here to be ministry for the Lord. So as they're singing this, I want you to take and to write that on there. No cheating, no looking at your neighbors. Okay. Maybe you're not sure what it is. And so you just want to write the word open. Lord, I don't know what you're speaking to me. I really don't know. This message caught me blindsided. I thought Pastor Justin was going to be here today. Sorry, I don't look like Pastor Justin, do I? Just write the word open. And when you're all done, you're going to make a rock. You're going to crinkle it all up. Okay? You're going to make a little ball out of it. And next to the doors, there's gray posts. As you walk by, you're just going to take that. You're going to drop it in there going to be gone and today you're making the decision to do the hard work to bring about the change that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life to make you more like Christ to make your home more like Christ because we all need it so with every head bowed every eye closed I just want to give it an invitation. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ. But the Holy Spirit's saying, today is your day for a new beginning. Oh, I just needed that in my life. So just, if that's you, put your hand up. I want to pray for you. So just pray this with me. Heavenly Father, I need you today. I'm lost. And I need you to show me the way. I accept you as my Savior. Today, I start afresh and new with Christ. And I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. That was you. Stop out here at the Welcome Center. We've got a book we want to give you. Maybe you want to take and you want to come forward this morning and you want to take and maybe just writing on a piece of paper isn't enough for you. And you say, I want to come forward. I, want to, I need to do a, a business with God at the altar. We welcome you. We welcome you to do that. Come forward by all means while they sing this song.